It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand, and spring has arrived. That's right, the birds are chirping, the sun is shining down, it's the first day of spring, and summer is right there in our view. And what better way to officially kick off show number 67 for the week of March 20th, 2014, than by getting out there and doing a little bit of puppeteering. Maybe a little bit of uh, sock puppets, or how about building things out of cardboard boxes? Because we have a very special guest here this week. Somebody that has played roles in my childhood, maybe your child's childhood, or even your own. We have none other than Noel McNeil stopping in here at the show. That's right, Noel McNeil, the voice, the man, the puppeteer behind such iconic classics as Bear in the Big Blue House, Madam Chairbird from Follow That Bird, and part of my childhood with the Great Space Coaster is stopping in this week here at the show. And Noel's going to stop in and talk about what it's like being a Muppet puppeteer, working on Bear in the Big Blue House, his very special moments, his current books about making puppets, and making castles out of boxes, and much, much more. And Noel's going to stop in and share all of that from his entire career and his lifetime that has spanned my childhood, your childhood, and your children's childhood. And Noel's going to be stopping in and sharing all of that with all of you D-heads to officially kick off spring. In addition, we have a full roster with the D-team here this week. That is right. The full D-team is here and full in motion. You have questions, we have answers. And Aaron is going to dip his hand into that virtual mailbag and answer all your questions in I Want to Know. We also have Caitlin back with all the latest that's going on at the Walt Disney World Resort with WDWN2. And Paige is here with the Magical Music Review as she's going to bring you a little bit from Disney's catalog and a little bit that's going to help you walk down memory lane. We also have Lexi back, yes, our D-team member from Down Under, as she's going to give you the Hollywood Walk with a little bit more about our very special guest, Noel McNeil. And let's not forget a little bit of vintage Disney with Walt's music. And Ken is back bringing you some of that classic Disney vinyl in Walt's music. There is all kinds of fun, tons of news off the horizon, many things off the D-wire with the Disney parks, movies, and more, including, yes, the release of Saving Mr. Banks and Frozen and many other goodies. So, all of you D-heads, without further ado, seriously, the show is just jam-packed here this week. What better way to kick off spring? So let's sit back, relax, have some fun, and enjoy the official kickoff for show number 67 for the week of March 20th, 2014. Take it away, Bear, and I'll be right back. Welcome to the Blue House. Hello from the small house. Things to do. Fun for you. Howdy from the Big Bear. Want some fun? Here's where. Just for you. All is new. In the house of blue. Lots of room at our house. Catch the moon at our house. Kitchen's here. Bathroom's there. Attic full of stuff here. Pillows full of cloth here. Just for you. In the house of blue. 
This coming attraction for a special bulletin. <laughs> this news just in concerning a six-year-old runaway who answers to the name Big Bird. Did you say Big Bird? That's right, Big Bird. He is reportedly heading east for a place called Sesame Street. Sesame Street? Sesame Street. Sorry. Could this be the end of our pine-feathered friend? No. Big Bird. There he is. This can only be the beginning. Of the wildest goose chase of them all. I love wild goose chases. Now everyone's on the trail of that big yellow tail. You're the biggest chicken I've ever seen. Follow the laughter. To Follow the music. Stars, Sandra Bernhardt, John Candy, be a man. Chevy Chase, Joe Flaherty, Dave Thomas. And in their motion picture debut, all the celebrities from the award-winning children's television workshop. Sesame Street presents Follow That Bird.
to Disney On Demand. This is Corey Burton saying, please keep your hands, arms, feet, and legs inside the headphones at all times. Thank you. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. Was this baby? We'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 67 for the week of March 20th, 2014. Yes, the official start of spring. And this week, we have all kinds of fun because getting ready for spring, you think of all kinds of fun things, getting outdoors, making memories, and having fun. And one of those ways to have fun is with our puppets, all the things that we love the most. And we have none other than Noel McNeil. Yes, Puppeteer, Muppet Man, The Man Behind, Bear in the Big Blue House, and many other things is going to be stopping in here very shortly here at the show. And I am super excited for this one because he has played a role in my children's life. He's played a role in my life and many other things. And I already mentioned the D team is here. We have a full D team here this week. That's right. Tons and tons from the D team. So before I jump into the show here this week with news hot off the D wire, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at dizradio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete archives, and more right there on our homepage at dizradio.com. D-I-Z radio.com. You can also stay connected all over the social media outlets on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney On Demand. You can friend us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Disney Blue, and that's B-L-U. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and more. Just search Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney Blue, B-L-U. And stay connected with us all over the social media outlets and our official website. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, let's jump into news hot off the D-wire, and how about the all-new Maleficent trailer? That's right, everybody is excited for the all-new Disney film that is hidden theaters the end of May. Now, I am personally excited for this. You may remember a while back in our archives when we had Suzanne Blakesley, the current voice of Disney's mean, baddie villain, Maleficent, here on the show, and she's also one of my favorites. She has been my favorite since I was a child, since I was growing up before she was trendy. Yes, I'm going to say that and put that out there. I love her, and I was skeptical about Angelina Jolie portraying her in this live-action adaption, but every trailer and every tidbit they're releasing looks phenomenal. And this week, Disney has released an all-new trailer where she's telling the story of how she originally had wings, because many people don't realize Maleficent was originally a fairy. Yes, many people don't realize she's not a witch. She's a fairy, a fallen fairy. And in this trailer, it tells you about how she had wings, they were powerful, and many other things. Now, I am excited for this one. It is hitting theaters the end of May, but if you haven't had a chance, definitely check it out on YouTube and the Disney websites and more. The all-new Maleficent trailer where she explores how she originally had wings as a fairy. Now, pushing along in news, let's get to the Walt Disney World Resort in downtown Disney. Now, I'm not going to mention this as it's all-new, all-new breaking news, okay? It's been all over the web. It's been on all the other Disney sites and everything else, but in case you were under a rock this last week at the T-Rex restaurant in downtown Disney, a fish tank exploded. That's right, there was a huge, gigantic crack that broke loose this week at the T-Rex restaurant. Now, you may remember at the T-Rex, they have these large aquariums, much like you see at the Rainforest Cafe and many other places. 
Well, this thing was gigantic and the crack just started spewing water non-stop. Now this thing started spewing water everywhere. It got many guests wet, many people rushed to the door, you know, to get out of the way of the water. And I gotta give props to the workers. Many of the workers at the restaurant were doing all they could to save the fish, but it exploded everywhere. And late that night when it happened, it was posted on Instagram with a short little video showing all the melee and everything that happened. Fear not, it's gonna be taken care of, it's all fixed, but you know, anything can happen. I mean, it's better than the glass shattering, you know? <laughs> I guess worst case scenario, the glass could have shattered. At least it was just a crack with water pouring from it. Now continuing on with news, let's get to video games. And one of those video games that I know my kids love is Disney Infinity. And along with Disney Infinity is Muppets Most Wanted, which is hitting theaters this weekend. Well, how about tying the two together? That's right, Disney Infinity's next toy box update is going to be in five all-new Muppet-themed toy boxes that are now available for download. That's right, with the Muppets Most Wanted arriving in theaters this weekend, it should come as no surprise that Disney Infinity is getting a handful of all-new toy boxes designed and built with the Muppets in mind. A total of five user-created toy boxes are now available for download for free. Yes, you heard me right, absolutely free, and you can play immediately in Disney Infinity. Now, of the new toy boxes, there's the Muppet Show, and it was chosen as the winning submission at the top toy box in the Muppets Theme Challenge. Now, there's a lot of great ones that are going to be here, including the Muppet Show. As a guest star, you must help Kermit take Waldorf and Statler to the VIP box, paint Miss Piggy, and find Animal's drum set. There's also Muppet Babies, Chef's Cruises, where the Swedish chef has to prepare quite a feast, and you decide to race through his kitchen instead. There's the Rainbow Connection, where there's so many different ways to race, from Kermit's Swamp to the streets of Hollywood. And how about Most Wanted? Inspired by the Muppets Most Wanted, the goal is to escape prison and get the real Constantine. Now the rules, don't change weapons, and no flying. Now these are all new, brand new toy boxes, user submitted, absolutely free, and if, and if you want to experience more from your Disney Infinity, this is definitely a way to do it, and come on, you can bring the Muppets to life with this. Now continuing on with Disney news, let's talk about film, and everybody talks about Saving Mr. Banks, which was released this last week. Everybody knows Saving Mr. Banks telling the story of Walt Disney pursuing Pale Travers, and it is a fantastic film. I have my Blu-ray copy, and I'm excited to make it a movie night. But how about Frozen? Everybody loves Frozen. This last week, my daughter was in a variety show for her school. Yes, they were singing, dancing, doing all kinds of things. Let me tell you, there were four little girls all doing Let It Go From Frozen as a solo. So I heard that song quite a bit during that variety show. And somebody else doing another song from the film. So Frozen is big, but how about Disney's Frozen soundtrack remaining? at the number one spot for its sixth week on Billboard's Hot 200. That's right, the soundtrack of Disney's Oscar-winning animated film Frozen has maintained the top position for the sixth non-consecutive week on Billboard's Hot 200. Now, the soundtrack has become the first album of 2014 to have sold over 1.4 million copies since its release in November 2013. Now, this is fantastic news for Disney. It continues to push the boundaries of how important this film is in the Disney franchise, the reboot of the Disney movies as we know them, and also the love of the Walt Disney Company. Now, since we are talking about Frozen, how about Frozen, the Oscar-winning film, becoming the highest-grossing animated film in history? Yes, the Oscar-winning film Frozen, Disney's 3D animated feature, is now going to surpass Toy Story 3 as the highest-grossing animated film in history. That is right. Disney CEO Bob Iger confirmed 
March 18th at the company's annual shareholders meeting that Frozen would surpass Toy Story 3, which was produced by Pixar Animation Studios and released by Walt Disney Pictures. As previously reported, the film has grossed over $1 billion worldwide, and Toy Story 3 generated $1.06 billion at the box office, and Frozen currently stands at $1.03 billion. I foresee it happening as well. Now, since we are talking about Disney films, there's a lot of films on the horizon here in Disney News, and how about Disney announcing its plans to create four new sequels? Yes, one of those sequels is something that fans have been waiting for for quite some time. A second has been expected, considering how successful sequels have worked out for people in the past, but now you can get ready as Incredibles 2 is going to be hitting the screens. Yes, fans have waited over 14 years since the first film, and although it certainly does not seem that long ago, for those who get to watch it over and over again on Blu-ray, the original film made over $630 million for Disney, and they're hoping Incredibles 2 is going to do that as well. They're also going to have Cars 3. Everybody's excited for Cars. I think the franchise is overrated, but Cars 3, it definitely is going to be popular. There's also going to be Finding Nemo, as we already knew, where it's going to be Finding Dory and many others that are going to be done in the future. So now you can get ready to follow Baby Jack-Jack, The Incredibles, Lightning McQueen in Cars, and many others. So get ready as Disney films are, uh, it's going to be sequel mania coming here, which I don't know if I'm for it or against it. You can look at it as you're continuing the story, or you can look at it as Walt Disney would do, and I've already done it once, why do it again? Where do you lie on that one? Now moving from film to the small screen, how about Disney Channel set to roll out its first UK production? Yes, the Disney Channel has announced that the multi-part movie Evermore, a mystery film, is about to be filmed in the United Kingdom. Yes, Lime Pictures is producing Evermore, along with Disney's EMEA studio, and they are going to create this all-new film for the UK. Now, the project has been described as a multi-part movie, but it could either be screened as a single film or as four half-hour series. Now, Evermore is going to be shot in England at Arley Hall, near Warrington, where it is to become the first long-form UK series to air on Disney Channel in the United States. Now, Evermore is a mystery adventure, and the story revolves about 14-year-old American teenager Tara Bailey who moves to Evermore Manor in the middle of England with her mother and siblings. Tara Bailey and her stepbrother have to stay united to overcome a mystery that threatens the very existence of Evermore Manor. Now, Evermore is due to air this autumn and will be the first UK Disney production to be shown on the Disney Channel in more than 160 countries. Now, since we are talking about other countries and many other things, let's move to Canada. And how about the frozen filmmakers to visit the real-life ice castle Hotel de Glass. Yes, in celebration of Frozen's release to Blu-ray and DVD, they have an exclusive first look at the all-new feature Hotel de Glass, the ice castle that served as inspiration for Elsa's own creation. As if it could be any more incredible, this year it features the Frozen Suite, which is modeled after Anna and Elsa's very own bedroom from the film and a very special Frozen Activity Cave. Now, it's located just outside Quebec City, and the Hotel de Glass is an attraction not to be missed. The Frozen Suite, created under the leadership of the film's art director, will be officially revealed this weekend coming up. Since we can't be there to experience the Frozen magic in person, they have videos all over the web. So if you haven't had a chance to head over to Quebec, now you can check it out right there, all over YouTube, on our website, and more. Now, everybody knows that Frozen did get released this week on Blu-ray and DVD, but now you can check out the Hotel de Glass, which was inspired from Anna and Elsa's room in Frozen. Now, since we are talking about DVDs, let's talk about one more DVD in Doc McStuffins. Yes, Doc McStuffins Mobile Clinic 
is out on DVD. Now in all the melee of everybody getting Saving Mr. Banks and Frozen, and how about the uh, Winnie the Pooh and Springtime with Rue, also released here this week, let's not forget all those really youngins and Doc McStuffins, the mobile clinic that was released on DVD this week. Yes, this last week Disney Junior released five all-new fun-filled episodes of everybody's favorite Doc McStuffins on DVD with a free reusable tote bag. Now you can enjoy Doc, Hammy, Lambie, and friends as they save the day by making house calls in their brand new mobile clinic. Now you can check out all these episodes with Doc McStuffins Goes McMobile, Doc to the Rescue, Out of the Box, Run Down Race Car, Rescue Rhonda, Ready for Takeoff, and many others. So now you can add this to your collection for your young Disney Junior lover as well. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to take a break here. I'm going to release the reins to the D-team because we have all kinds of fun here this week. We have Muppet Puppeteer, Noel McNeil from Bear in the Big Blue House, The Great Space Coaster, Follow That Bird, author and writer. He's going to be stopping in here shortly. And coming up, we also have Aaron. You have questions, he has answers, and he's going to answer them, and I want to know. And maybe you just want to know what's going on in the Walt Disney World Resort here this week. Let's talk about that with Caitlin with WDWN2. So before I release the reins to the D-Team, all of you D-Heads, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is proudly sponsored by Pixie Vacations. And the agents at Pixie Vacations can help you plan your Walt Disney World, Disneyland, and Vacation by Disney and make it the most magical and special that you're going to have. Definitely check them out and contact the agents at PixieVacations.com. So all of you D-Heads, with that said... I'm going to sit back, enjoy some music, release the reins to the D-team, and uh, I'll be back shortly. Pajamas? Because you smell warm and cozy, like pajamas. Or do you smell this good all the time? <laughs> now, where was I? Oh, yes! You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey D-Heads, it's Aaron, and I'm back with another installment of I Want to Know. We've got some more great questions this week, so let's reach into the virtual mailbag and get started. 
Our first question is from Ben Cooper of New Mexico, and he writes, Questions for I Want to Know. In Disney's Magic Kingdom, the stage seems like it has been there forever. At least ever since I was little, I can recall seeing it. When was it put in? I see photos without it and wish I could experience just seeing the castle, not an ugly stage in front of it. And when did Dream Along with Mickey start? Well, I agree with you that the stage kind of takes away from the beauty of the castle. The stage as it exists today was built for Disneyland's 50th in May of 2005 when all the parks celebrated it. Prior to 2005, there was a smaller and less complex stage in the castle forecourt. Dream Along with Mickey started October 1st, 2006 as part of the Year of a Million Dreams. Mickey, Minnie, Goofy, and Donald get ready for a party. It seems everyone believes in dreams except Donald. The princesses, Snow White, Cinderella, and Aurora sing about their dreams, but Donald is still the skeptic. Next thing you know, Captain Hook and Mr. Smee arrive, but Peter Pan saves the day. Then Maleficent appears and calls upon her nightmares to conquer the kingdom. Donald comes up with an idea to save the day. Mickey catches on and realizes that the power of dreams cannot be defeated by evil. Mickey and friends, with the help of Disney guests, defeat the villains and save the Magic Kingdom. Donald once again believes in dreams now that he's learned they can come true. It's a fun show and I think the music in it is great, so make sure and catch it next time you're at the Magic Kingdom. Our next question comes from Angela from Mississippi and she writes, Aaron of the D-Team, love the show. After looking everywhere, I cannot find the answer to a question my boyfriend and I are wondering about. There was a movie I remember from when I was a kid. It had a boy and he was looking for some kind of sword or something that a really dark and evil guy wanted as well to rule the kingdom. I can't remember what it is called. Tried Google searching it with what I could remember, but no luck. My boyfriend says this probably wasn't a Disney movie. I say it was. It had like fairies in it and was kind of dark for a Disney movie. Any help? Thanks. Well, my best guess of the movie you're talking about is Disney's 1985 The Black Cauldron. This is the story of a young man named Taryn who is an assistant pig keeper with the boyish dreams of becoming a great warrior. Hinwin, a magical pig, is kidnapped by an evil lord known as the Horn King. The villain hopes Hin will show him the way to the Black Cauldron, which has the power to create a giant army of unstoppable soldiers. With the aid of a stubborn princess, an exaggerating bard, and a pestering creature named Gurgi, Terran will try to save the world from the Horn King. Terran and his new friends embark on a quest to find the, the dark magic Black Cauldron, the item of ultimate power before the Horn King can find it. His new friends face witches, elves, magic swords, and the cauldron itself. It was the first animated Disney movie ever given a PG rating. I hope this settles your disagreement. Well, our final question this week comes from Carl of Michigan. He writes, Quick one for the podcast. At MGM Studios, there used to be a Playhouse Disney show, and now is Disney Junior. That used to be a restaurant, right? Or am I wrong? Thanks. Well, the restaurant you're remembering is the Soundstage Restaurant, and it was a full-service restaurant that had a design to look like a live set from some Disney films. It was a buffet that featured characters from Disney animated classics and served breakfast and lunch, 
Originally, the restaurant had a theme to the film Big Business, starring Bette Midler and Lily Tomlin from 1988. The idea of the theme was to make it look like the set was fragmented as it had been struck and there were set pieces and props from other productions lying about. The film had many scenes filmed on the backlot of the Disney MGM Studios and was the first film to have a tie-in to the soundstage restaurant. There were sandbags on ropes and lighting control boards and that sort of thing hanging about. The cast members that worked at the restaurant even wore catering costumes to tie into the whole theme of the restaurant being a rap party. In the years that followed, the theme was changed to tie into more recent Disney films such as Beauty and the Beast. When the soundstage restaurant reopened with the Beauty and the Beast theme, guests entered a storybook village and had the opportunity to eat at their counter service mini food courts. In the food courts, they would find a station for pizza, a different station for salads, and so on for other types of food. The theme of the restaurant changed again to Aladdin, where the characters of Jafar and Genie joined you, and later Pocahontas, which featured Governor Radcliffe and Nico. An interesting bit of trivia is that there were golden camels at the front entrance of the restaurant during the Aladdin years, and these camels were the same camels from the Aladdin parade that was briefly at the Disney MGM Studios, and the same camel you can find in Adventureland in the Magic Kingdom currently. The Catwalk Bar was a cocktail bar located at the catwalks above the seating and service area for the soundstage restaurant. To get to the Catwalk Bar, you'd have to use a stairway or elevator between the soundstage restaurant and the Brown Derby. The Catwalk Bar served appetizers, light snacks, and even featured televised sporting events. It had a large television to watch the sporting events on. November 14, 1988, the soundstage restaurant was closed permanently to make room for a brand new show called Bear in the Big Blue House. When Bear in the Big Blue House opened and took the location of the restaurant, the catwalk bar still remained open, although it would be forced to close during the showings of Bear in the Big Blue House. Once the show started performing throughout the day, the catwalk bar was closed for good. Thanks to Studio Central, the ultimate source for information on Disney's Hollywood Studios, for the great info on this restaurant. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, Imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. Legend has it, there was once a king so cruel and so evil that the gods feared him. Since no prison could hold him, he was trapped forever in the form of a great black cauldron. The old king. That black-hearted devil. Walt Disney Pictures presents The Black Cauldron. Escape into a world of darkness. Are you coming? Me? Go in there? Oh, no, no, no. It's a terrible place. A world of excitement. (sighs) 
A world of dreams. Aaron, the greatest warrior, a true hero. And through the magic of 70mm photography and six-track Dolby sound, you will be transported to a fantasy event for the entire family. Look! Look, sire! It's working! Soon, the Black Cauldron will be mine. In the great tradition of Disney animated classics, now comes the newest Disney spectacle of them all, the Black Cauldron. Hi, this is Katie Von Till, the current voice of Disney Snow White, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. WDW in two, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. Can't wait to meet Anna and Elsa from Frozen? Well, you're in luck. Beginning April 20th, the lovely ladies will be moving from Norway and Epcot to Princess Fairytale Hall in the Magic Kingdom. Fast Pass Plus will even be available to meet them. Their move will displace Aurora and Snow White, but not to worry. Snow will make appearances near guest relations, and they will both visit Epcot on a daily basis. 
The Seven Dwarfs Mine Train is getting closer and closer to completion, and this week they've revealed the attraction's official logo. It prominently features all our favorite dwarves ready to whistle while they work. Stay tuned for an official opening date, and we'll be sure to let you know as soon as we find out. In Disney special event news, we've got a lot to share. This September 26th through the 28th will mark the very first Disney Fit Challenge, an athletic competition held at the ESPN Wide World of Sports. Challenges will be based on participants' age and skill level and will test speed, strength, endurance, flexibility, and stamina. You can register now at DisneyFitChallenge.com. If you're a pin trading aficionado or a Vinylmation buff, you might want to attend this year's Disney Trade Celebration, September 5th through the 7th. The theme is Imagination Gala, a magic carpet event. So join in the fun as guests gather to trade collectibles, meet the artists, partake in a silent auction, and watch as Golden Figment Awards are given to some of our favorite Disney movies, attractions, and characters. One last thing before I go. Did you know that Disney has a March Magic Bracket? Join in the March Madness fun Disney style by choosing all your favorites in this special Disney challenge. The March Magic Bracket can be found on the Disney Parks blog. Thanks for listening, and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Taking you on those magical journeys from your lifetime of Disney, it's Disney On Demand. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, I'm back once again, and thank you, the D-team, for stopping in. Aaron, answering all those questions for the D-heads with I Want to Know, and Caitlin with WDWN2, keeping us in the loop with the Walt Disney World Resort. Thank you, D-team, for stopping in, and remember, you can always connect up with the D-team on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. So, all of you D-heads... As I mentioned, we have a jam-packed show here this week. I've already given you an earful for myself with news hot off the D-Wire. We've had the D-Team, and we're not slowing down. We still have more of the D-Team here in the wings waiting, and we also have Noel McNeil, our very special guest stopping in here this week from Bear in the Big Blue House. He's been in Follow That Bird, The Great Space Coaster. He's an author who's written a variety of books about making puppets, making castles out of boxes, and more. And Noel's going to be stopping in right around the corner to relive all of that from your childhood memories or maybe as a parent looking back at those fond moments with family time. Either way, Noel's going to be stopping in and sharing all those special moments with you very shortly. So, all of you D-heads, with that said, I've already given you an earful for myself, so I'm not going to talk too long here right now. I just had to come in, and you, know, you can't shut me up. I just always have to keep talking, right? It's but anyways... I just wanted to stop in just to mention before I give the reins back to the D-team here is that I'm going to be heading down to the Walt Disney World Resort in May. That's right. I am looking to connect up with any of you D-heads out there. I'm going to be heading down to the Walt Disney World Resort during May 7th through the 12th. So I want to connect up with all of you. If you want to connect up, you want to chat with me, I am going to have our on-location microphone right there on the spot. I want to do some on-site interviews with all of you D-heads. I want to talk about the Walt Disney World Resort, maybe talk with you, maybe do a quick random shootout questions to you or more. If you want to hear yourself here on the show, live one-on-one with me at the Walt Disney World Resort, definitely contact me. Shoot me an email at dizradio, D-I-Z radio at gmail.com. Send us an email and connect up with us because I'm going to be down on the Walt Disney World grounds for quite some time there and I want to connect up with all of you, the D-heads. I want to interview you, get you here 
here on the show so everyone that listens in can hear what you have to say and you can get here on the show. So if you want to connect up with us, you want to hang out, or maybe you just don't want to be on the show. You just want to chat in person, face-to-face, hang out, you know, why not? I love to talk with all fellow Disney fans. Definitely drop me an email, disradio at gmail.com, and you can find all those links right there on our homepage as well. So I'm looking forward to hopefully connecting up with a variety of you D-heads out there on the spot. And if you do find me on location, you might even get an I'm a D-head pin. I'm not saying much, but I am going to be having some I'm a D-head swag right there on the spot. So be sure to connect up with me in limited quantities. So all of you D-heads, with that said, we've had tons of news, tons of D-team, and more. So I'm not going to talk too much longer. I just wanted to get that out there for you to hopefully connect up with all of you D-heads. And I do want to mention that we are looking for more D-team to get involved here at the show. If you want to get involved here at DizRadio.com, definitely connect up with us. We're looking for people to stop on and be part of the show, bloggers, and more. We have Caitlin with WDWN2. Maybe you're on the West Coast. Hey, it'd be awesome to have a Disneyland report as well. So if you want to get involved here at the show, definitely connect up with us. Drop us a line and get involved. You don't have to have a professional background. You don't have to have anything other than a love of Disney and a willingness to participate. So all of you D-heads, with that said, I'm going to release the reins. We have Paige coming up with the Magical Music Review. We also have Lexi, our D-team member from Down Under, and she's going to give you a little bit more from the Hollywood Walk about our very special guest. And next time you hear me... I'm going to be stopping in with a puppeteer, a voice, a veteran, a muppeteer, an author, a writer, and more. Noel McNeil is going to be stopping in to talk about a variety of different things. I'll be right back, all of you D-heads. Take it away, D-team, and next time you hear me, I'm going to be chatting away with Noel. Be right back. Get on board on the Great Space Coaster. We'll explore a common ride of fantasy to a place where dreams lie fast and free. With new friends and new things to see. We'll spin you through the galaxy on the Great Space Coaster. Oh, on the Great Space Coaster, off we go. Get on board, step inside. So Hey there, D-Heads. Paige here with another Magical Music Review. As you know, our guest star this week is Noel McNeil, the performer behind Bear from Bear in the Big Blue House. As a girl who grew up watching Bear, this is amazing. This week, we'll be taking a look at some of the music that came along with the show. So, let us all take a trip down memory lane in Woodland Valley towards the Big Blue House. Basically, I'm going to treat this week as a favorite song segment. I asked for family input. Bear was kind of a big deal in this house. One favorite was Clean Up the House. Bear and the gang sing along in this catchy tune while, well, cleaning up the Big Blue House. For everyone who doesn't know the gang, that includes Ojo, Tutter, Trilo, and Pippin' Pop. Enjoy this fun song. Come on, everybody, let's clean up the house. Let's go! Come on, everybody, let's clean up the house. Clean up the house. Clean up the house. 
everybody clean up the house. Come on, you too. Clean up the house. Tidy it up, tidy it up. Clean up the house. Tidy it up, tidy it up. Everybody clean up the house. Let's take it upstairs. Whoa, clean up the house. We've got to clean it up. Clean up the house. That's right now, clean it up. Everybody clean up the house. You tell them, Mojo. Clean up the house. Tidy it up, tidy it up. Everybody clean up the house. Oh, baby, baby. What's something you should do at least twice a day? Well, hopefully you do. Brush your teeth. Brush Brush Bree is a song just for that. The favorite thing about brushing my teeth is, well, I'll let them tell you. without this song. Any episode that included this number was special. I'll tell you that it is a dance, and one that Bear very much enjoyed. But I'll let him introduce this song. Hey Bear, how you feel? Uh-oh, I'm getting that feeling again. Yeah, it's an itching, a twitching, a scritching, a scratching. It's time for the bear cha-cha-cha. When I feel my toes start to twitch, my lips go la-la-la-la-la-la. My arms and legs get the itch. It's time to do the bear cha cha cha, cha cha cha, up cha cha, gonna cha cha cha. Ooh la la, time to cha cha cha, the bear cha cha cha. Why don't you sit there? Get up and do it with me. Come on, cha cha cha, everyone gonna cha cha cha. Ooh la la, time to cha cha cha, the bear cha cha cha. Some people stop and stare You can explain to them You're an honorary bear Everybody now Cha-cha-cha Ha-cha-cha Gonna cha-cha-cha Ooh-la-la Time to cha-cha-cha The bear cha-cha-cha The bear cha-cha-cha Cha-cha-cha Well, I hope you've all enjoyed this as much as I did. I always love returning to Woodland Valley. I didn't talk much, but these songs are pretty self-explanatory. We've toured the whole house between cleaning, dancing, and brushing our teeth. We've now reached the attic, and now that we're here, Bear and Luna would like to treat us to one last special song. Until next time, D-Heads, goodbye. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it, too. 
seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. shall bestow a gift on the child. Before the sun sets on her 16th birthday, she will fall into a sleep like death! Curious little beastie. Print her too. I know you're there. Don't be afraid. I am not afraid. Then come out. Then you'll be afraid. All the other fairies fly. Why don't you? I had wings once. They were strong. But they were stolen from me. There is evil in this world. Hatred. And revenge. who live in the shadows. Fight with me now! Is it true? Are you Maleficent? Yes? Say, what's going on here? <laughs> here, it's easy. Ah. The sun is in the sky and clouds are rolling by and today is gonna be one wonderful day. Hand in hand together. We'll be friends forever Sharing all the good times Happy and free It's gonna be so Easy going We'll laugh our cares away On this easy going Easy going day We're never in a hurry Got no time to worry We'll take it nice and easy Singing a song There's never any trouble We're floating like a bubble Lighter than air Why should we care? We're easy going We'll laugh our cares away On this easy going
everybody. This is Pat Carroll. I am so glad you're listening to Disney on Demand. And as Ursula would say, life's full of tough choices. Isn't it? <laughs> Don't forget, keep listening to Disney on Demand. Let's start those projectors and look at this week's Hollywood Walk. When you think of childhood and incredible puppeteering, you have to think of Bear in the Big Blue House, right? Well, we are all in for a real treat this week because we have Bear himself with us today. That's right, this week's special guest is legendary puppeteer Noel McNeil. We are so lucky to have Noel here with us today. And Disney sure is lucky to have this legend as part of the family. Now, for a little background information. Noel was born and raised in none other than Harlem, New York. I was actually lucky enough to visit Harlem just a couple of months ago. And let me tell you, it is booming with culture and creativity from every corner. From music, to food, to the art. It's easy to see why this week's special guest became infused with a heck of a lot of creativity. Now, outside of Disney, Noel's work can be seen in a range of great movies and TV shows, including puppeteering work for Raphael in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 3 movie. Wow. And more recently, Noel also worked in the 2009 Old Dogs. But before all that began, Noel actually learned most of what he knows today from his time on the much-loved and, well, now global childhood memory maker, Sesame Street. I know I absolutely sat glued to the TV every time I heard that Sesame Street song. <laughs> It was during this part of his life that Noel honoured his craft and he even got to work with puppetry legends Jim Henson and Frank Oz. And here's something that I find particularly fascinating. You wouldn't necessarily think that being a puppeteer would take you around the world, but for Noel it certainly has. Noel has worked his magic in places like Japan, South Africa, Mexico, and also places like India, Palestine, and Jordan. Wow. Now, this is all part of the Sesame Workshop co-productions of Sesame Street. Talk about absolutely amazing job perks. Now, I think that's absolutely incredible. And to be honest, now I'm wondering why I myself don't get into puppeteering. 
It really does sound fantastic. Oh, by the way, Noel portrays Mrs. Snuffleupagus, as well as various other Snuffleupagus relatives. Isn't that just fantastic? <laughs> I love those adorable guys. <laughs> now, if Sesame Street weren't enough, Noel is also a regular performer with the classic Muppets of The Muppet Show. I really feel like so much of my childhood is coming back to me right now. Those two shows are nothing short of legendary. I really cannot stress enough as to how special it is for this week's special guest to be Mr. Noel McNeil. Now, more recently, Noel has been the spirit and also the voice of the gentle and lovable star of that daytime Emmy Award winning series, Bear in the Big Blue House. And it's Disney, of course. And Noel is also on the Disney Channel's morning series, Breakfast with Bear. But I'm sure all you D-heads already knew that one. <laughs> Get this. Noel once said that the set was so small that the camera was literally outside the window and shooting inside because there was no room between the bear and the kitchen table. The camera just simply couldn't fit in. <laughs> also, I always love to let you know about when our special guests win special awards. And really, I love it when anyone in the Disney family is celebrated for their hard work. Well, Noel is no exception. Because in 2003, Noel received a Daytime Emmy nomination as an outstanding performer in a children's series. Congratulations. Here are some other things you D-heads might appreciate. Noel has also lent his talents to other Disney characters, like the rabbit for Disney's series, The Book of Pooh. <laughs> and that's a pretty great show as well. Now, outside of Disney, Noel has lent his talents to much-loved characters, like Blue on Nick Jr.'s Blues Room, and also he's in the Eureka Castle show on Nick Jr. And also, Noel played Madame Chairbird in the film Sesame Street's Parents, Follow That Bird. <laughs> now, when Noel is not working on his puppets, he is writing for them, or even directing them. Talk about multi-talented and versatile. So Noel is a television writer, and his scripts have been featured on a number of kid shows, like Cyber Chase, they're in the Big Blue House, uh, The Good Night Show, and even Nickelodeon's Eureka's Castle, and The Magic School Bus. <laughs> now, the list really does go on. Now, Noel is also a script supervisor and a consultant for the international versions of Sesame Street. Wow! His work can be seen in Jordan and India and Palestine. And now he's even added the credit of a television director to his long list of many talents. Because he's also directed episodes of Bear in the Big Blue House and a couple of other shows too. 
Now, doing all this incredible work all over the world means that Noel has had the opportunity to work for and work with incredible Hollywood legends. Across his career, this includes people like Emma Thompson, Donnie and Marie Osmond, Katie Couric, Wayne Brady. And that list also goes on and on as well. <laughs> and here's another amazing thing that Noel has done. He was involved in setting up the Nigerian Sesame Street. Now that is globalization for you. Wow. Get this. Noel is passionate about sharing his knowledge and love for puppeteering with the world. How does he do this, you ask? Well, he has written a few books about puppeteering and how to make puppets ourselves. For instance, Noel has a book called 10 Minute Puppets with Noel McNeil. And let me tell you, it's pretty fantastic. Now you can find all these details on Noel's website and I would highly recommend it. But in case you are wondering just what the book is about, well, Noel says it is for parents and kids to learn how to make puppets using socks and napkins and paper bags. That sounds pretty incredible to me. And now Noel is also interested in writing his blog and keeping his Facebook and Twitter accounts up to date. So definitely check those ones out as well. And isn't this sweet? Noel attributes the idea and success of his book to his loving wife. So you have never seen a more socially connected puppeteer. I think it's fantastic. And get this, Noel also has another book. It's called Box, and it really has something for every family. Noel even says that Box offers parents do-it-yourself environmentally friendly crafts, making puppets with things like packing boxes or egg cartons. And just one last thing, I absolutely love it when Disney family members find the time to give back to the community. And well, Noel will not disappoint you. This week's special guest also lends his talents to the environmentally friendly and terribly lovable character Zozo, who is a mascot for safer streets, public spaces and green transportation. And this is actually a Jim Henson designed character that walks around and is used by Livable Streets Education to talk about these issues with young children and families. I really do think we need more people in the world like this week's special guest. Now Noel even goes to schools and museums and gives back to the communities in that way too. I must say I truly am impressed. Wow. Well, all I can say now is thank you Noel McNeil. Without you, Disney and the wide world of puppeteering would definitely not be the same.
Envelope to Davis and Right down that. You have to go to the bathroom, even if you're in the middle of doing something or having fun. You should go. It's okay, Tutter. I'll be waiting right here when you get back. Really? Oh, but Bear, I don't want to leave. Don't you see? I'm winning, Bear. I'm winning. Tutter, the game will still be here, and yes, you will still be winning when you get back. Sometimes, it's kind of hard to stop having fun and take the time to go to the bathroom and use the potty. Lights! Camera! Action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest! Alright all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues Disney On Demand. And as we continue to bring you all the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many of those are shows that you have grown up with. Many of them are shows that as a parent you have grown up with as well, watching your youngins grow up. And with us here this week is somebody that has probably touched all of our lives from the Great Space Coaster, myself growing up with that, as well as a daytime Emmy Award winning series Bear in the Big Blue House. He's a Muppet performer, the Book of Pooh. You may remember Madam Cherubird from Sesame Street's Follow That Bird. And he's also an author, a writer, and more. We have none other than Noel McNeil with us. Welcome to Disney On Demand. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening, everybody. It is our pleasure having you on. I mean, somebody of your stature, you know, in, I guess, you know, being a puppeteer and many other things, you know, writer and performer and so much. I guess the one question I like to lead off with is what led you down that road of, you know, puppeteering? Oh, yeah. Like, uh, what made this grown man suddenly decide he wanted to wiggle dolls for a living? Well, it's uh, actually uh, two people's fault. One is that guy, uh, Jim Henson. And the other is my mom. Now, see, when I was growing up on television, there were much more puppets on the air. There was a show called Captain Kangaroo, and they had Mr. Moose and Bunny Rabbit. There was Sherry Lewis, who had her sock puppet, Lamb Chop. There was a ventriloquist, uh, Paul Winchell, who had Winchell Mahoney time with with his uh, with his ventriloquist uh, dummies of uh, of um, what were their names? It was like um, Jerry Mahoney and Knucklehead Smith. And by the way, here's that Disney connection. Paul Winchell, of course, was the original voice of Tigger. And did you know that Paul Winchell also invented the artificial heart? The puppeteers oh, wow. saved lives. Yes. So 
those were the kind of puppets I grew up with. And then I remember when I was about, oh, eight years old, there was a Sunday night, and there was a half-hour show coming on PBS, and it was hosted by these two puppets. And I had never seen puppets like this before. One was had a sort of a pointy head. It was yellow, with a pointy head. I saw this unibrow. And the other one had a head shaped like a football. And the yellow guy was named Bert, and the football guy was named Ernie. And they were talking about this brand new show that was coming on tomorrow morning called Sesame Street. And they showed clips and scenes from Sesame Street. And seeing them, I'd never seen puppets like that before, that the mouse could actually move and when he could actually pick up things. But the thing that blew me away as a kid was seeing Big Bird for the first time. This was a creature that could actually walk around independent. You didn't have to hide behind anything. It was just walking around and it was talking. And even though I was beyond the age of, you know, learning the alphabet and counting the three, I watched Sesame Street because of the Muppets. And all through those years, I kept watching, and then Jim Henson created The Muppet Show, and that was during my high school time. And so I decided, well, if this guy can be a puppeteer, and all these people around him are puppeteers, maybe I could be a puppeteer. So that's when I did research for college, the uh, the old-fashioned way. I actually went to the library, like Barnes & Noble, only it's free. And I actually looked up and I actually found two colleges that actually offered programs in puppetry. One was here in New York City, where I live. It was at Pratt Institute. It was a puppetry course within their then theater department. The other place was in uh, the University of Connecticut, Stores, Connecticut, which still, to this day, has a four-year puppetry program where you could earn your master's degree in puppetry. So these were the two places. And I was going to present this to my mom. Now, my mom was a single mom. She helped raise me and take care of her mother and her uncle. And so this is a woman who worked uh, two jobs in order to send me through private school, give me the best education I could. So I was like, okay, here we go. I know what I want to be, a puppeteer. And I just, like, raised myself for the, the action. And she just said, okay, what do we have to do? And I said, well, here's one college and here's the other college. And she said, okay, what do we have to do? And I said, well, they require this by this date. and They require this by this date. We have to do this. We have to do that. And she said, okay, what else do we have to do? That's all she kept saying was, what do we have to do? She never discouraged me. She never laughed at me. She never got angry with me. She, all she kept saying was, what do we have to do? Because she always told me. Don't get a job, get a career. And so that's what she encouraged me to do. And she said, and if you wanted to be a lumberjack tomorrow, we should figure out how to do that as well. And so thanks to her and thanks to Jim Henson, that's how I became a puppeteer. Well, you know, and it's the kind of thing, too, with having somebody supportive like that, you know, just behind you 100%, you know, not poking fun about any of that kind of stuff. But, you know, being a puppeteer, too, and all those different things from Jim Henson and all that – it has affected so many different lives. I mean, and now it is, you know, a career that you have followed and it's been fruitful. I mean, one of the big things, of course, with all of our Disney fans, you know, you've been a part of a variety of different things like the Book of Pooh, as well as, you know, the daytime award winning series Bear in the Big.
Big Blue House. Now, you know, that show went on to, you know, it won awards. I mean, it's very heartwarming and very fun and very lovable. Um, I guess when that show came about, uh, how did that get started? I guess what started the ball rolling and, you know, let's get this show about a giant bear and, and teach kids things. Uh, well, actually, it goes back to um, once upon a time when Jim made that deal with Disney to sell the Muppets, and uh, part of the deal included him and any ideas he had. Then, unfortunately, he, he died. But parts of the deal was still in place between Disney and Henson, and there was a deal within the deal about developing shows for the television network. Uh, the first thing they developed was a show called Dinosaurs for ABC. That was the first one. The second show they developed was a show that didn't last very long in the air. It was called Alien in the Family. And then there was like one more show as part of this commitment. And that's when they actually uh, um, brought in uh, Mitchell Kriegman, who had this track record of you know, Clarissa Explains It All, and to have him develop shows for um, for Henson and then for Disney, because Disney was looking into redoing itself in order to have like its own become its own sort of like channel for kids, not just Disney Channel, but then offshoot it to have its own uh, kid shows like all the time. And so Mitchell Kriegman actually had this idea for this show, and originally it was called The Big House, but that kind of had prison connotations. So, but within that show, <laughs> there was this character of a bear because his theory was that little kids see us. Adults, it's those are big lumbering creatures, and so what better creatures to embody that than a bear? And so that's how Bear became developed, the uh, Disney Channel, which eventually became Playhouse Disney for Bear. He was what's called the Ten Pole. He was like the mainstay show put other shows around. Definitely, you know, and that show has went on to, you know, be a staple and affect many people. I mean, you know, when we let our listeners in that we were going to be speaking with you, I mean, they had many of their own questions for you as well. Now, I guess one of those, uh, you know, and it's one on a technical side is, um, you know, being in a costume that is that large, uh, you know, how hard was it, uh, you know, to puppeteer something that is that enormous? Well, basically he was, because we had so many people asking, so finally... One day, I, you know, Bear got on a scale, and it weighed about 45 pounds. But it was all perfectly designed off of your hips with a harness and everything. And then how Han got inside, we got one of those tiny little thermometers, and we stuck it inside. And during the course of a scene, it got to about 92 degrees inside, but it's a dry heat. And that's why the studio where we shot Bear they always cranked up the air conditioning. So when you walked in, it was freezing. And that first season, people kept complaining how cold it was. So the wrap gift, the gift you give out at the end of a show each season, that first season's wrap gift were polar fleeces with the show's logo and name on it so that people could then wear it next season in the studio and not complain about being so cold. Well, you know, and that's the kind of thing, too, where, you know, it's, uh, you know, people are freezing. You're trying to stay cool, and everyone else in that costume is trying to stay cool. Now, when it came to performing with everyone and being bare, um, is there any moment or any song or any episode that truly still is your favorite that, that you know, touched you in that special way? Um, I would, we did a lot. We did about 117 episodes, which is uh, 
pretty much like 117 like songs there did for that particular theme. Uh, but I'll always remember the um, the last show. I mean, I got to write several episodes, even got to direct an episode, which was really fun. Um, but I always remember the, the the last episode, which was my suggestion. I suggested that for the very last episode, because we knew at the fourth season that would be the last season. Uh, I said, could the last episode be where everybody thinks Bear is leaving? And so they wrote a script where Bear is actually winning a contest, a radio contest, for him and his friends to go on vacation. But Tutter only overhears Bear's end, saying, I can't wait to get out of here. Oh, this is the best. Thank you so much. And he misinterprets it and tells everybody that Bear's leaving. And so they want him to feel appreciated. And so that's when they do sort of a This Is Your Life, Bear, at the end of the song and all that. We pretty much have every character um, during that season come back and sing a song called Thank You, Bear. And then at the uh, the end of the show, they're at the sort of like sort of like a wilderness lodge type of hotel, and there's a bedroom, and um, with a big large bed where all the characters are in, and then uh, Bear notices there's a balcony, and he wonders could Luna possibly be here too? So he goes to the balcony, and sure enough, Luna rises and she's like, Bear, what are you doing here? And he tells her what happened and. It's the scene between Bear and Luna that was actually used during the memorial service for Lynn Thinkpen. Lynn Thinkpen was the actress who voiced Luna, and when she died, the memorial service here in New York City uh, had clips of her career. And the last clip that they showed, I introduced, was the scene between her and Bear. And it's one where um, Luna says that, um, wouldn't it be nice if every day we could all touch each other in a very positive way? And so that's like the one that really sticks out in my mind. And especially when Bear at the end, he always turns back after he sings the goodbye song with Luna. And he um, says to the camera, says to the viewer, by the way, I hope I've been a nice part of your life because you've been one of the nicest parts of mine. And I'll see you back at the big blue house. And then he turns and turns off the light and then he walks in and that's it. So I, that was always, like, one of my favorite, most, like, touching episodes, as well as, you know, trying to keep it together inside, knowing that was, like, the last time that uh, we'd be doing it. Well, definitely. You know, and like you said, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, you touch many people's lives. And, you know, one of our listeners, um, you know, we we put feelers out there, too. You know, hey, you know, do you have any questions? And, you know, she had mentioned that she has two children with autism. And, you know, she wanted to, you know, for us to bring up to you, do you realize how many children's lives, you know, like her two children with autism, you know, how, how many you have actually affected throughout the, you know, the entire run of Bear the Big Blue House? Because, uh, you know, she said her children, it affected them so much that even though, you know, they're teenagers now, they still watch the show because it affected them so much. Yeah, I still actually get emails. First, I get emails from kids who are now teenagers all grown and growing up and thanking me and Bear for, you know, being a part of their childhood. And, but I've also gotten ones from moms, particularly moms of kids of autism and special needs, thanking me for the show. And also, as you said, still watch it because it's such a nurturing, sincere, and calming influence in their life. And it made me think that there's a great lack of that on television right now, which is why uh, this year I'm going to be developing a um, an Indigo Kickstarter-type project where I will 
ask people, you know, to help fund a show I want to put on line, similar to Bear in its sincerity, its gentleness, its interactivity without being in your face, because the networks won't do it. They won't. They won't at all. Um, Nickelodeon has in its pitch letter to producers, no puppets, please. They just don't want to do puppets right now. And so that's when I decided that this needs to be done, and if you want something right, you've got to do it yourself. And because so many people out there have thanked me for this, I thought maybe this would be a way for them also to take pride and get the funding needed to to put it online and make it available for families. Well, and that's the kind of thing, like you said, where people, you know, CGI is the way to go, but there is something endearing about a great story, a good story, and like you said, doing it yourself, much like Jim Henson, Walt Disney did, and, you know, if you want it done, you want it done right, you know, you got to do it, and, you know, I'm sure that all of your fans and everyone that loves, you know, good puppeteering shows are going to back it. Now, that's going to lead me through, you know, more of your career and so many different things you've done. You know, you've, you're a writer for television shows. You know, you've written for a variety of different things like The Magic School Bus, Bear in the Big Blue House. You know, but you also are an author as well with 10-Minute Puppets and many other books. Um, you know, 10-Minute Puppets, my son just loves. Um, you know, being a father of four, you can't get tired of making puppets. I guess, uh, what, sparked, uh, what sparked you wanting to, you know, write these books? Uh, well, with the puppet book and with my new book, Box, which came out this past November, uh, basically they were my wife's idea. My wife is Susan Elia McNeil, who is an author in her own right. She writes the Maggie Hope series of mysteries for Random House, and she has four books. She has um, Mrs. Churchill's Secretary is the first one, and the uh, fourth one comes out this June, and she's working on number five. But basically she said when it came for the puppetry books, he said, okay, you know how to be a dad. You know how to be a puppeteer. Why don't you put these two together and show people how easy and simple the magic of puppetry can be. But, she said, don't make it crafty. Make it for people like me. You're not married to Martha Stewart. And so that's what I did with the puppetry book. And when I would do a project, I would show her the steps and the pictures and all, and she would just go through and go, no, no. No, <laughs> no. And then it got to the point where I would just, like, show it to her, and she wouldn't even flip through it. She would just, like, look at it at a glance and say, simpler. Just, like, make it simpler. Make it simpler. <laughs> and so that's how that came about. And the box book was also her idea, because I've done so many things with boxes over the years since our son, who's now nine, going on 42. But ever since he was born, I've just made everything I could possibly make out of a box. And... The book came about from when he was really little. And you know those play kitchen sets you see at, like, daycares and, like, at some, like, you know, um, waiting areas for kids, the little play kitchens. And I thought, oh, my son likes this, so maybe I'll get him one. And so we looked online, and I was shocked at how much money they wanted for these things. And I thought, I could make this. And then that's when I did, out of boxes, I made a kitchen set for him. And that's when my wife said, you know what, you should think about putting this and other box things that you've done together and make it, write another book about it to help parents. So this way they don't have to, like, immediately spend the money on a new toy. They can actually just make it. And the kids can just make it because kids play with boxes anyway. And so that's how my book, Box, uh, came about and uh 
I'm actually doing an, an appearance at my local Barnes and Noble uh, this month, and uh, it's been um, it's been doing well. I've gotten nice uh, reviews from people who have uh, thanked me for the book. Well, you know, and those are the kind of books, like you said. You know, I'm a parent of four kids, all eight and under, so I know what it's like. Where you know, you look at the prices of these things, and you know, making something where you can sit down, figure it out, put it together, it's fun, and it's also building memories, which I think is very important. It's one of those things where you sit down together, you figure it out, you make it, and it's one of those things where you know, 20 years from now, they're going to look back and remember that time mom or dad sat down and you were making things out of boxes and making puppets, and you know, those are the memories that last a lifetime. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's why there was a, a daycare center about two years ago, I read, and they got rid of all their toys and replaced all the toys with various sized boxes for the kids to play with. And not only did the kids not care where the toys went, they played with the boxes longer than they would have with an actual toy because they just kept reusing it for other things in their imagination. Well, you know, and that, you know, with imagination and making it like that, it is amazing how, you know, people always joke, you know, oh, just wrap up some boxes for kids for Christmas and that's going to be enough. And, you know, honestly, it really is because they have such untapped potential. Yes, absolutely. So my book, as well as the puppet book, there's like simple little templates in the back that you can use to cut out and, and also like slap on. Because being a parent, I also realized that you don't have a lot of time to devote to every single detail. So... That's why the book 10 Minutes Puppets is about puppets you can make, you know, in 10 minutes or less. And with Box, the philosophy of that is a lot of it is instant play, just like just instantly play with it. Now, if you have a little more time, then this is what else you could do with this potential box or this potential Puppet. Definitely. Now, you know, with uh, things like that, like I said, you know, writer, author, and more, and getting back to more different, I guess, all the different things from your career and things that you've done, um, you know, of course, we can't get by the fact that, you know, Jim Henson affected your life and being a puppeteer and working with a, a variety of different Muppets. Is there any, you know, uh, Muppet or, or, you know, any project in puppeteering that is your absolute favorite to do? Uh, well, Bear was like my absolute favorite because I actually got to be my own. Muppet, which was great. Uh, Bear was his character who, as you said, touched a lot of lives and is still remembered fondly. And I had a lot of fun with him, not only on the show, but then we could go out and do appearances. Like Bear was on different variety uh, talk shows, like uh, Wayne Brady when he had his and Donnie Marie's. And then the most fun was when Bear would go, to go on Hollywood Squares, which was really, really fun, <laughs> and meet all these celebrities. Um, but also being able to take Bear to children's hospitals. Whenever I did appearances in cities, I always tried to do like a children's hospital. Or in Orlando, right outside Disney World, when I would do appearances there, there's this great place called Give Kids the World. And I would always make a point of having Bear go and visit Give Kids the World. And that was great because of the fact one time I, I, I did an appearance with Bear at Give Kids the World. And this little girl was there, and she was like, got pictures with Bear and all that, and she was going to go to a Disney World. She was going to go see the show. And I was like, oh, great, I'll see you later at the show, you know, keeping up the the magic. I found out later that this little girl, you Kids the World is um, this great facility where kids with um, life-threatening diseases uh, can go, and not only get their treatment, but also get a vacation as well. And they also have what's called Rush Wishes, which is 
it's so like dire the condition that you got to do it now. And they have managed. They work with all the hotels and the airlines in the area to get these rush wishes so that a family can come literally like the next day and start their their fantasy vacation. This little girl actually wanted to meet Bear, and they knew the show at the time was at the uh, uh, the Disney Studio, part of Playhouse Disney. First it was Bear in the Big Blue House Live, then it became Playhouse Disney Live, part of it. And so they came down and stayed at the world, and they would go and get this VIP treatment there. It was just by sheer coincidence that morning that me and Bear happened to be there and happened to see them and got this. And so it was like one of those truly magical moments where it, everything just lined up perfectly for this child. And she got her wish. She actually met Bear and then got to go see him in the, the show. So things like that really, like, you know, stick in me. And then uh, we did um, a couple of years ago, there was um, the last TV movie, Muppets, there was um, uh, the Muppet uh, Christmas Letters to Santa. And I got to meet Sweetums for that. And it's great because Sweetums was uh, Richard Hunt's character. And I worked with Richard on um, Sesame Street. I'm, I'm lucky that when I started on Sesame Street, I actually worked with Jim Henson and Frank Oz and Richard Hunt and Jerry Nelson. And I still know and love Fran Brill and Carol Spinney and Marty Robbins, all those guys. But um, Sweetums, again, because being a full body puppet, I always loved Sweetums. So the fact that I got to be Sweetums it's one great moment, um, and the fact that it was Richard's character, I always like love that. Well, you know, and everybody loves the full-bodied characters, you know, especially, you know, even, you know, seeing Sweetums and things like that, you know, Bear in the Big Blue House. Those are things where, like you said, you can interact. And, you know, especially with that young girl, you know, having that that very magical moment and things like that just, you know, they really resonate with you and they stick with you as well, knowing that you're affecting so many people. Now, um, you know, we know you're busy. We don't want to keep you too long, but we know that, you know, you have a lot of things we have we have a lot of you have a lot of things on the horizon from you know TV and author and more. I guess looking back at your entire career, if you could leave anything for any of your fans out there, um, you know everybody listening in who is fans of your work and everything, is there anything that like you would like to leave for them as that final word from uh, you know from Noel? Um, well, considering how long I've been doing this, uh, I now say that my resume is most people's childhood memory because I've worked on so many shows and commercials and movies during the years. I mean, I've been everything from, like you said, Madam Chairbird to uh, uh, a Ninja Turtle, which, by the way, takes five people to be a Ninja Turtle. Uh, there's the guy in the suit. There's the guy who's a puppeteer making the face move. There's the stunt double. There's the martial arts double. And then, finally, there's a guy sitting in a chair back in Hollywood dubbing his voice over mine. So, I've I've gotten to do a lot. And what's interesting is a lot of people ask my advice, like, how can I be a puppeteer? And, again, I take that same attitude my mom has. It's like, don't get a job, get a career. And it's like, if you really want to do it, you know, you will figure out and find a way to do this. I mean, things have changed in terms of puppetry on TV and its exposure, but that doesn't mean that it's gone away. It doesn't mean you can't have a career in it. Um, I tell people, you know, look to your local, um, you know, theater troupe. Uh, 
if there's a puppetry theater in your town, maybe there's like an internship that you could uh, go through with them. Um, YouTube is now this great source. I call YouTube the world's you know, junk drawer because you can go through it. You can find anything on YouTube. And you can find like so many people doing their own puppet stuff. And that's one way to do it, just like trying things out and honing your skill and just putting it out there and just like put your show on there and just see what other people have done and be inspired by them. And puppetry has been around for thousands of years and it's not going to go away. And it'll come back on TV at some point because it's cyclical. It goes through these cycles. And right now it's like a dearth of puppets, but they'll be back again. And you know, those Muppets have that movie coming out soon, so everybody go see it. It's like one <laughs> my, little, my little commercial moment. Go see Muppet Most Wanted. All my friends are in it. And so I would say, like, my word from no is like what my mom said, you know, don't get a job, get a career. And if you want to be a puppeteer, go for it. Very cool. You know, great words of wisdom. And, you know, like you said, make it a career. If you want to do it, you will find a way. And, you know, you were the, I guess, part of so many people's childhoods. Like I mentioned, you know, even myself with the Great Space Coaster kicking it off. So, so many different things. You know, it was our pleasure having you stop in and all of our listeners out there definitely check out, you know, all of his books, all of his writings and more. You know, everything from uh, his entire TV legacy, you know, being a performer, Bear in the Big Blue House, his puppet books and more. And if anybody wants to get a hold of you, where can they find out more information? Um, I actually have a website, which is noelmcneil.com, and I also have an um, email address, uh, which is noelmcneil at gmail.com. That's where people have sent me uh, sad letters and questions about puppetry uh, and all that. And I also have a Twitter account, which is at noelmcneil on Twitter. And then my book, 10-Minute Puppet and Box, have their own Facebook page, as does my original family musical. This past December of uh, 2013, um, I went to Miami at the Mandelstam School and premiered this musical that I came up with called Mouse King, the untold story of the Nutcracker. And it's the story of the Nutcracker, but it's from the mice point of view. And it's original music by Jim Camacho and original puppets by James Volchall Jr., who worked with the Muppets. And it's us and puppets and kids acting out the parts of what really happened between the Nutcracker and the Mouse King. Because all we know is that scene from the ballet where they have a fight. Well, this tells the story of why they don't get along. And it's going to be going again this year, and there's a whole Facebook page. Very cool. So we'll be able to find you all over the place. And, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in. And, uh, you know, thank you for, you know, for all the memories from all of our listeners and all your fans. Thanks for all the memories and everything else. And you are always welcome back anytime to talk about, you know, future books, releases, and, uh, you know, your projects and more. And we look forward to seeing more from you in the future. Thank you so much for having me, Jonathan. And thank you all for taking the time to listen to me blather on about my life. It's hard to give up something you're used to. But you know, you don't have to leave all the other things you like behind, like the hugs and cuddles. Oh, that's right. And your mommy and daddy will still take care of you. True, true. Mm. Well, it's time for me to rise up over the trees and mountains and cast my glow. Well, Luna, would you like to sing a goodbye song with me before you go? I'd love to, Bear. I'd love to. Hey, this was really fun. We hope you liked it too. 
Seems like we've just begun when suddenly we're through. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. Cause now it's time to go. But hey, I say, well that's okay. Cause we'll see you very soon, I know. Very soon, I know. Goodbye, goodbye, good friends, goodbye. goodbye. And tomorrow, just by today. The moon, the bear, and the big blue house will be waiting for you to come and play. Come and play. Come and play. Bye now. Hey, D-Heads, you're listening to Disney On Demand, a new kind of Disney show, only on DizRadio.com, D-I-Z-Radio.com. Hey, D-Heads, this is Ken from WaltzMusic.com, bringing you some more Disney music history. In the 1950s, Walt teamed with ABC Television and created Disneyland, the TV show. One of the sponsors was Peter Pan Peanut Butter. It was voiced by Sterling Holloway and starred Tinkerbell. And they touted the, uh, the smooth creaminess of Peter Pan to all the kids who watch the uh, weekly TV show. What you're about to hear is a record that was sent out to the salesman of Peter Pan, Peter Butter. And it talks about uh, the creation of a couple of jingles that were in the, uh, the, the uh, commercials at that time. If you'd like to see some of those commercials, go to YouTube and do a search for Peter Pan peanut butter commercials. And you can see several uh, commercials that were used on the Disneyland TV show uh, with Peter Pan, Tinkerbell, narrated by Sterling Holloway. And uh, the one containing both these jingles you're about to hear is on there also. So without further ado, here's the advertising record that was sent out. This is your old friend Lane. And believe me, I am your friend. When I remind you of the most important thing that can happen to your business during the coming year, you will make more money. We get more consumers. This means we both must sell Peter Pan hard and fast. Now, you already have part of the ammunition. We've given it to you in the new Peter Pan. It is truly a new product smoother, creamier than ever before, with new features in the package and label that we know consumers want. In addition to the package, you have the best advertising and promotional campaign that we have ever had. This includes one of the top TV shows with the hardest-selling commercials that have ever been produced. Our commercials on Disneyland during the past have always been good. Consumer research proves this. But this year, our commercials are built around a pattern that not only captures all the appeal of Disneyland itself, but also has a memory value that can't miss. These commercials have been thoroughly tested. Their effectiveness has been proven. Everybody, along with Walt Disney himself, has given these commercials their enthusiastic approval. These hard-selling commercials have been patterned around a jingle that will catch on like wildfire with youngsters all across the nation. Listen. Your eyes know your tummy knows. Best of all, your taster knows. 
Peter Pan, peanut butter, it's so grand. The smoothest peanut butter in the land. Do a little research on your own. Watch how quickly everybody picks up this jingle. What's the reaction of youngsters? Now here's another first. We now have a commercial entirely for Peter Pan Crunchy. The jingle is centered around a wonderful Walt Disney Peter Pan peanut butter machine that you'll find captures the imagination of youngsters and adults alike. Listen. I'm the one who puts the crunch in Peter Pan. I'm the one who puts the crunch in Peter Pan. My work to me is fun, cause you know I'm the one. I'm the one who puts the crunch in Peter Pan. Now, gentlemen, this record is not meant to sell you. It simply means we're trying to keep you posted. We know what these commercials will do if you'll get the product out there where the consumer can find it. This record can be played over and over again. Why don't you start right now? Check up on us. See if we've given you the true facts. If the, uh, the voice of the Peter Pan Crunch machine sounded a little familiar, that's because it was voiced by Paul Fries, who would later become Ludwig von Drake and also the ghost host in the Haunted Mansion, as well as a narrator on several Disneyland rides, including uh, Great Moments of Mr. Lincoln. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Walt's Music. We'll see you next time. Boy, this place is creepy. Yeah. I wonder what weird things happen here at night. Creek and the tombstones quake. Spooks come out for a swing and wake. Happy haunts materialize and begin to vocalize. Grip, grin, and ghosts come out to socialize. Now don't close your eyes and don't try to hide. For a silly spook may sit by your side. Come out to socialize. When you hear the knell of a ripping bell, hear those gleam where spirits dwell. Restless bones imperialize, rise as spooks of every size. As the moon climbs high o'er the Come out to socialize. If you would like to join a jamboree, there's a simple rule that's compulsory. Dwarves pay a token fee. 
rest in peace, the haunting's free. So hurry back, we would like your company. You're listening to Disney On Demand. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you D-heads, so I'm back once again, and I hope you enjoyed this jam-packed show here this week. It is full. Thank you, everybody who has stopped in this week, and thank you, Noel McNeil, for once again taking that time out of your busy schedule and chatting with all the D-heads. Your career has spanned all of our childhoods, you know, our children, our childhoods, and more. I mean, seriously, the Great Space Coaster is going down in my memory, you know, from forever. I can't even explain it. And follow that bird, bear in the big blue house, and many others others and you know come on being part of the Muppets puppeteering is just fantastic so thank you Noel once again for stopping in and chatting with all the D-heads and be sure to check out Noel's books about 10 minute sock puppets and building castles out of boxes and more definitely check them out all of you D-heads at all your Barnes and Noble locations and online and thank you Noel once again and I'll be keeping my eye out for the next time you're out there puppeteering with the Muppets thanks once again and I'd also like to thank the D-team yes all the D-team for stopping in here this week with Paige Caitlin, Aaron, Ken, and Lexi all stopping in here this week and making it a jam-packed show. Without the D-Team, they truly make the show, and without them, you'd have to listen to me ramble on every single week. So thank all of you for stopping in here and bringing your signature segments. And remember, you can always connect up with the D-Team on our official website at dizradio.com, D-I-Z radio.com. And most of all, I want to thank you, the D-Heads. You make the show possible. You are the reason that we stop in every single week, bringing all of these guests to you to help you relive your lifetime of Disney with all the magic, memories, and more. Thank you for stopping in, spreading the word, and making the show happen. If it wasn't for you, the D-Heads, we wouldn't be here, so thank you. So, all of you D-Heads, with that said, before I let you in as to who's going to be stopping in next week here at the show, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z radio.com there you can find our full list of past shows in the archives our latest news blogs connect up with the d team and more and that's right there on our official website at diz radio d-i-z radio.com you can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on facebook at facebook.com slash disney on demand you can friend us on facebook at facebook.com slash disney blue and that's b-l-u you can also follow us on twitter instagram pinterest and more just search Disney Blue, BLU, or Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio. And remember, you can always subscribe to our latest shows in iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Just search Diz Radio or Disney Blue or even Disney On Demand. You will find us there. So, all of you D-heads, staying connected here at the show. Next week, we have some fun. You may know this man as a comedian. You may know him as a stand-up comic. You may know him from his serious XM radio show or maybe even being part of the Howard Stern Show. 
but you may also remember him as the Easter Bunny from the Santa Claus Films franchise. We have none other than Jay Thomas stopping in here at the show. That's right, Jay Thomas is going to be stopping in and hanging with all of you D-heads and telling some fantastic stories about what it was like being the Easter Bunny in the Santa Claus franchise, his other Disney films he was part of, as well as being part of great films like Mr. Holland's Opus, his stand-up comedy, how he got into radio, and his Sirius XM show. And Jay's going to stop in and let me tell you, this guy has some whoppers to tell. So get ready as Jay Thomas is going to be stopping in here next week for show number 68. So with all that said, all of you D-heads, I am excited. Spring is here. It's officially in the air. Now if it could just get a little bit warmer before Easter, I would be excited. So in our busy lives, in our busy schedules, as I always say, take a moment, slow down, and never neglect family for business. Catch you next week, D-heads, and I'll see you online. Snow glows white on the mountain tonight. Not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation. And it looks like I'm the queen. Wait, what? The wind is howling like the swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I Don't let them in, don't let them see Be the good girl you always have to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know Well now they know Let it go, let it go Can't hold it back anymore Let it go, let it go Turn away and slam the door I don't care What they're going to Squirrel Let the storm rage on The cold never bothered me anyway Alpha, your voice sounds funny I know, I know It's funny how some this Makes everything seem small And a fear that one
bothered me anyway. <laughs> Good job, everyone. I <laughs> sure was. Oh, now can we have some honey? Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.